Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of What Should We Watch with K and E. I'm K. I'm E. And today we are back with another episode where we sit down, we watch a movie, we talk about it, and then we do a few segments including our I Hate It When They Fight and what's our other segment? Were you paying attention? Apparently we weren't paying attention to our own podcast. That's right. But we're glad you are. So thanks for coming. So this week it was my pick for the podcast and I picked The Princess Bride. Hmm. Classic 80s film here. Classic to all films. If you have ever heard of a movie, you've heard of The Princess Bride. Somebody's a little biased about this film. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit. So we're happy you're all joining us Mm -hmm. here. But first, we wanted to thank you all for tuning in to all of our past episodes as well as this one. Yep. And interacting with us on social media. We always like to hear from you all. And we will have some additional posts on this movie after we watch it. So what do you say, Kay? Let's get to it. Let's go watch the movie. Are you ready? As ready as I'll ever be. Should we get started? Uh, We're not doing this. As you wish. Oh, this could be a long podcast. I was trying to set myself up. Long podcast. Mm. All right, so for those of you who played along with us and paused and went and watched the movie, thanks for joining back, and then you can slide right on into our discussion with us. But before we get started, Kay, why, why pick this movie? Why pick this movie? Why not, man? Everybody loves this movie. That is not subjective. That is totally I think fact. that's I think that has to be a poll question. That's a very strong statement. Everybody yeah. loves this movie. Officially gonna be a poll question. I mean, I love this movie. So therefore everybody loves this movie? Right. Okay. And I grew up with a family that loved this movie very much too, where we watched it over and over again. And it's probably the movie I've watched the most in my whole entire life. And is one of the movies I can strongly say I could probably quote the whole thing word for word here. Before we jump into the peanut gallery, you want to give them a quick little synopsis of the plot here? Boy works for girl. Girl's meeting to boy. Somehow fall in love. Boy goes to work. Boy supposedly dies. Girl gets sold off into marriage. Boy comes back not as boy, but as different boy. Girl gets kidnapped, rescued, kidnapped, rescued, kidnapped, rescued. Love. The end. I told you to tell them the synopsis of the movie, not the synopsis of how we met and <laughs> fell in love. If there is a wrestler, a like legend in our love life, and I missed it, I'm sorely ashamed. That would be such a shame. That Wouldn't would you be, be sad if Fezzik was just walking around our lives like Andre the Giant himself, and you just missed didn't it? See I don't him? know how you miss Andre the Giant, right? But... Well, this movie, if you haven't seen it here, if you didn't sit down and watch it with us here. It's the story of a boy and a girl. I don't really think we find just say true love. boy and girl. Maybe man and woman. Man and woman, yeah. It's their journey to find true love and all the adventures that try to tear them apart, but they end up coming back together. It is definitely a romantic comedy. There's a little fantasy in there. Right, very fantasy driven. It's a movie that you probably wouldn't call a romantic comedy if you watched it first time through, but the more and more you watch it, trust me, it gets funnier and funnier (laughs) as you watch it. And all the quick little lines here make it hilarious. So let's go ahead and start talking about the movie itself. Let's head on into the peanut gallery. So of course we did it again. We done it again. (laughs) (laughs) We don't own this movie. I thought we owned this movie, and in fact, I even told K 
okay, you know, why are we searching through our streaming services? The movie is literally two feet in front of us in our DVD storage yeah. case. I was going to be lazy at first, so I was just looking through the streaming services, seeing if it was on any of them. And then I couldn't find it through most of them. So E broke down and was looking for the DVD, which I was like, we have the DVD at least. We don't we have the do DVD. That. We don't have we it, don't. I guess. I and then so you had that. to break your uh, stranglehold on renting or downloading movies and paying for them. So we had to rent the movie. I'll watch it every night for the next 30 days while we're Get renting Get your it. money's worth. Mm -hmm. So when the movie starts, we're in the bedroom here with the little boy. And he's sitting there playing his baseball game. And when I was a little kid, when it came to quoting this movie, I always made sure to point out the sounds that the video game made. The He's playing a little baseball game. You didn't read much as a child, did you? No, <laughs> we really didn't read. Um, we just watched movies. So that... That probably explains why I have an aversion to reading books nowadays here. They don't have sound effects? Yeah, the books don't have sound effects and a lot less explosions, visual explosions, that is. I had a book explode on me once, but that was just once. So you're looking around the boy's room. There's a bag of Cheetos open in his room. That's yeah, disgusting. A 1980s bag of Cheetos, so nostalgia <laughs> got me hungry. You see, like, the Chicago's on the wall here he's and wearing a bear shirt yeah so bear's jersey and we had a cameo from uh, somebody from our first podcast in the background here when captain america holds oh yeah captain america's in there and he-man was too which i would love to see a movie where he-man went against captain america personally that's just me I think it is just you <laughs> just might be his grandpa enters the scene and is Grandpa is none other than Columbo, the sleuth detective here. Did you ever watch Columbo as a kid? No, I didn't. We had cable. Well, <laughs> we had WGN straight out of Chicago when I grew up, and one of the shows that played on reruns was Columbo, Matlock, and then In the Heat of the Night. Which was? The show In the Heat <laughs> of the Night. Again, we had cable. <laughs> But I will say, I don't know if it's just because now we're going back and watching these classic movies or, you know, not classic movies if we decide to go to the theater. But I'm looking at them, I guess, from a more... Mature? Not mature, but a more investigative approach to it. You know, I'm looking for things to talk about. And let's just um, discuss the budding relationship we are presented between Wesley and Buttercup, mm -hmm. which is that of, first of all, Jesus superior he is her employee yeah. farm boy so that is there's a level of osha would probably want to get in on that yeah you know there's Shoot. some yeah there's some there's some issues there she's, she's like fetch me that picture and she stands over him as he's reaching like, like <laughs> little little harassment training she did not watch the instructional videos but then also you know the either than the grandfather's narrating and saying that she just boss never called him by his name, dumb meaning, and then bossed him around the whole time, and that's and all he said was "as you wish," and that's how they fell in love. So I'm questioning um, their sense of self worth and the psychological pretenses that they entered into this relationship with. I mean, mm -hmm. Wesley, you a fine looking man. You don't need that. <laughs> 
Cariel is beautiful. Those eyes you know. that look like the ocean after a storm. Is that how she I think she it? said that. But they kind of fell in love that way. And it's just, it was, I don't know. I don't well, buy it. Don't you worry, though. If you were hoping to watch a movie about a strong, independent woman who <laughs> is an entrepreneur and gets her own, this is the last you're going to see it throughout this movie. I know. <laughs> leading into uh, the rest of the movie. Oh, before we talk about the rest of it. Whenever she asks Wesley to do something, he responds with, as you wish. When she asks him to get the picture, <laughs> which is very obviously right above her head, it just would have been great if he just leaned over and was like, Get it yourself. <laughs> just walked out. End of movie. Roll credits. credits. <laughs> the princess bride. It's all a lie. The first time I watched this movie as well, I thought the same thing as the little boy. As Oh, this is going to be a kissing movie. He thought it was going to be a kissing book, which that like that's every little kid watching something like this. But really, The Princess Bride as a book itself, it is kind of like a romance novel if you think about it. Is it a real book? It is a real book, yeah. If you kind of didn't look at it at that fantasy, or if you just put a different cover on the book here with um, the man in black not wearing with his black, chest, just exposed, his chest exposed, all of Fabio. And Buttercup leaning back with her neck exposed. And her just heaving yes. bosoms. It'd be a shame to ruin a perfectly good set of breasts. Although I will, I do also question the line that true love happens every day, because that was, isn't that how he said... You'll yeah. know we'll be together when he goes off to... Again, okay, why does he go off? Is it because, oh, OSHA stepped in? That's why he had to get a new job. Because they're like, listen, she's your boss. He's your employee. You yeah. can't have a romantic relationship. They See here in the, the handbook. Book. It's very dull. I sit down. I need you to watch the video. There was... Uh... <laughs> out of the shot where the two of them are like saying goodbye to each other there was like a company lawyer for the farm and the manager and supervisor both standing there just like (laughs) all right you have to go (laughs) he's all packed up please sign this saying you're not gonna sue us so yeah he has to go off to make money um but he tells her the reason why they're gonna stay together is because true love doesn't happen every day but statistic Satanically speaking. (laughs) Statistically speaking. I mean, there's billions of people in the world. Somebody's falling in love right now. Every three seconds, someone's falling in love. Just as probably every six seconds, somebody's getting a divorce. I don't know. Yeah, for everyone listening to our podcast. um, Let us know if you're falling in love or getting divorced. Yes, please. (laughs) Please, in live time, uh, respond to our social media at WSWWatch podcast one on of Twitter. these days i'll get it <laughs> one of these days i'll get our, i'm not even trying i'm just putting that burden i'll on get you. our handle down but then you know we jump ahead to find out he's supposedly murdered by pirates murdered but... by pirates is good oh <laughs> i was wondering why you wrote that that was the because line the from the movie got really excited about that <laughs> sadistic little this is a great book now but then she's so depressed and somehow prince humperdinck Humperdinck. who by the way they they did him no favors in the makeup chair i mean his complexion is flawless Mm -hmm. like his his bronzer should have been blended a little more he didn't really go for the natural look no you could tell he was contouring yeah well i think he looked beautiful but you know humperdinck picks anybody he wants because Mm -hmm. since now we're in those are the laws of florin Florin, yes. Which is Florin in 
the present day world as we know it because they make reference to Greenland and Australia. Yeah. I think it's like Lord of the Rings where they talk about how the hobbits have to go across the Misty Mountains. They have to go across the Himalayas. They have to go across... Uh, take I-90 West. Take 77 <laughs> to I-90 West. I w- we digress. He, but he points out, he introduces Buttercup as his princess. But she's technically not a princess. No. Because he hasn't married her yet. Right. So this whole movie's a sham. Yes, and she's technically not even a bride. Well, she would have been a fiancé, but you're a bride on your wedding day, but she never followed through with the wedding of anybody. So the Princess Bride is lies. Yeah, it is lies. As Wesley said, never happened. Never happened. (laughs) This this podcast is going to be full with a lot of quotes, which if you've seen The Princess Bride, you know this movie is... Quotable. Quote central. Quotable. I think we're going to aggravate many people in our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. We're only getting started, folks. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, but not sorry. The king in that scene is like chewing gum or something? I thought he was tweaking out. Oh, either one. I thought he was a goner. He's back there like... (laughs) Probably chewing some bubble gum. So, of course, Buttercup is entering into a loveless marriage. And the only reprieve she has is to go horseback riding. Which looks fun. But Buttercup bumps into the squad, which is made up of, oh, hello, we're joined by our guest. (laughs) Sorry, we forgot to announce our guest coming in today. Um, She's beautiful. She is fuzzy. She is always good for a cuddly. She's not cuddly. She's an independent cuddly. You probably can be heard. Oh, beyond. (laughs) But we are introduced to Fezzik, Vincini, and Inigo. Inigo. And Fezzik reaches up and grabs Buttercup. And but it just knocks her out. What, just, what wrestling move is that, Andre? Right? The hand. And he gets her on the boat. And that's when there's one of my favorite scenes when Fezzik and Inigo are going through the rhymes. And I I feel like this is one of... Your most quotable One of my lines, close, yes. most quotable lines because I say, the, Anybody want a peanut? No more rhyming, I mean it. Can we just talk about the fact that Fezzik's hair is gorgeous? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's, they're on a lake, they're getting on water, it's going to be humid, and his curls are on point. I mean, Andre, even when he wrestled in the ring, he always kept that beautiful looking fancy curl down. When I'm thinking back to some of the... The early days, he had nice curls. The early days and some of the images and videos I've seen of him wrestling, I can just still picture him with that perfect curly hair. I know, but can we just talk about how impressive the moonlight is in their land? Yeah. They're at the... Incredibly good lighting. Yes. I don't know about you. I mean, I haven't been on a lake at nighttime with another boat chasing us. But hold on. Wait a second. Wait a second. I forgot to to put this in the notes. (sighs) Hole poking and it's off. How did, spoiler alert, the Dread Pirate Roberts, who is, spoiler alert, Wesley, know that the princess was kidnapped on a boat? Because the boat is far away. How did he know that was the boat she was on? How did he know which moonlit projection river he should be on? How did he know? Well, plot device. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Don't look behind the screen. He was probably stalking her for years at that point, and he was like, "This is a perfect time for me to get her." He could have swooped in at well, any point. Yeah, he could have, but this was way sexier. So five years gone for five years, and he waited till she was kidnapped and betrothed to. Mr. Rouge for Day from Sephora, you're telling me he couldn't swoop in sooner? Or he just happened to be sailing where the eels were in the moonlight. It was like, oh my god, I didn't think I'd run into her, but there's Buttercup. Speaking of those eels, they freaked me out as That's a kid. Terrifying. The shrieking eels. Ugh. I hated that scene, they just, especially when they're and they gunning taunt for her. her. They yeah. taunt her and they swim by her. Oh, but you know what? Really... Fessick rescues her because why he is the true hero well he he didn't initially jump in because he was timid because he owned the doggy paddles <laughs> but he can't jump in he just reached out and grabbed her he is the true hero he is and anigo says that line at the end of the movie Fessick, you did something right he did a <laughs> lot of things right yeah he hashtag did... justice for andre right justice for the giant justice for the giant anigo makes a comment of you know, he keeps saying he's gaining on us, the, the boat's gaining on us, the boat's gaining on us. Then he makes the comment, is he using the same wind as opposed to what? Is he using the same wind we are using? <laughs> In ship terms, I guess you could be getting like a different angle of the wind, but um, I would assume somebody who's right behind you is getting the same is wind. Is getting the same wind. Maybe you're he's using. drifting. Like, Maybe you know he how is. cars can drift behind and like catch speed if they get in the wind? I don't know. They see that whole thing is a hole, massive hole. Right. Either way, they end up at the cliffs of insanity, which we found out were from the cliffs of more. Which can I visit I wish we'd have known that. I know. I would have climbed up them or down them then. And then we would have been another statistic on all the people that died at the cliffs of more. Yeah. So shout out to all our Ireland friends out there. We like your cliffs. We love your cliffs. You got a lot of them. <laughs> They're beautiful. They're beautiful. They are really beautiful. But during that scene when they're getting off the boats here, there is, I didn't notice it this time around. One of the times I watched, I did notice there is a crew member on one of the boats. It. Yeah. And so that was the first time you see a little mess up or maybe there was other ones earlier, but that was the first time I like noticed the there was a plot mess up during the movie. Wesley, yeah. Wesley finding them. There's another peaking one here, which we'll come to I later. I didn't notice it. But then they climb the cliffs, and you were saying how Andre didn't actually look... Some of the shots, he doesn't look as big as, like, other photographs or images of him. But then other shots, he looks massive. Yeah. Well, I think there's also, you know, stunt doubles and stuff like that filtered right. in. Well, that but... one scene when you said that, I kind of pointed out that I know for sure... Mandy um, Patinkin. Mandy Patinkin, he's really tall. But um, I'm not sure about Robin Wright. I don't know if she's like super tall or what. But Vincent, you can't see him. That actor's really short. Then they climb up the wall here. And I always thought that was so cool. I wanted to to cuddle with a giant and strap it and climb a mountain. Just go up. That's a whole different way of reverse repelling. Mm -hmm. Although the shots where they are showing them from like a distance climbing the rope. I mean, those are impressive. And you pointed out how Anigo is somewhat like Exposition Billy, where he embodies his line, let me sum up. Yes, right. He, <laughs> He's the recapper. He likes to recap. Recap and update. And once they get to the top and they cut the line here, they look down and Wesley had luckily grabbed onto the side. 
which they were assuming he'd probably eventually fall, but just in case Inigo stays behind to make sure mm-hmm. Wesley either falls or if he does get up, he kills him so they'll stop falling. And I him. would have to say, this is probably my favorite scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way they set it up that Inigo, am I saying that right? Inigo. Inigo is... They say it differently throughout the movie. Inigo. They say Inigo. <laughs> but Inigo, Inigo is... Essentially, it, 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 it reads so much as, listen, this is my job. I need to kill you. You need to come up the cliff. Um, but the way that they structure the scene where he is speaking to him, like, can you hurry this up? <laughs> can you offer me some help? And then when they sit down and they, you know, he lets him rest and it's considerably the nice, you know, I can give you an opportunity. And just the way that they're very cordial yeah. about it. And so, then, oh, thank you. Yes. And they even take time where Inigo tells him his backstory yeah. and gives him the line, the most quoted line. We're going to say this several times, the most quoted line. There's several most quoted lines in this movie, but, Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You give my father. Prepare to die. Right? And then also, it's just, and then they, they there's this mutual, there's, hmm, Beautiful. There's this, uh, respect that kind of grows between the two of them and almost um, ad- admiration maybe or mm-hmm. taunting or like they're enjoying each other's company while also trying to yeah. murder each other. So I think this is my favorite scene. It's worth a view if you haven't seen the movie. I love What I loved about this scene was the set itself when I was a kid. That looked like such an awesome playground. I wanted to be on that set so bad. It's like the first Ninja Warriors. And of course, it's the whole moment where they pull out the Simone Biles when they use the parallel bar to do gymnastics off of. And they're doing backflips and front flips and yeah. swinging. And and their little swerves to each other when Anigo points out that he knows something that he does not know. I am not intended. And he switches his hands and then Wesley does the same thing. That is just wonderful and hilarious while they're doing this fight that they each started with their left hand and made it even cooler. And mm-hmm. at one point when Wesley's getting the upper hand again, he, or I'm sorry, no, it was when Nigo he tossed his sword up in the air at one point and he jumps over I a little a stoop. chair, I do. <laughs> he jumps over that little stoop. That is another point when the sword is coming from the sky and lands back in his hands. You actually see, and I've paused it, you actually see a hand go into the shot, dropping the sword into... Oh, see, I didn't miss... I missed that again. I'm wrapped into the... Why do I keep calling him Emilio Estevez? Totally different people. Mandy Patinkin. They don't even look alike. No, they don't. Not at all. One's a duck. (laughs) One's a duck. One's a sellout. That's what he is. (laughs) Hashtag Gordon Bombay's a sellout. (laughs) But that sword is stunning. That Inigo mm-hmm. Mentora has. It's gorgeous. But first of all, the six-figured man kills his father because he wants this gorgeous sword. And he wants it for like a third or like a tenth of the price. So he kills him. Then he duels his son and he leaves him for like not dead but mostly dead. But that's another line that we just skipped ahead to. Why did he take the sword? You know what? Someday you're going to realize that I bleep out all these curse words. <laughs> I know. And it would make my job a lot easier. Well, if you didn't say them in the first place. <laughs> Challenge and accepted. You're making a girl blush. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just gonna randomly say things like 
notes and make you edit it out. But seriously, why didn't he take the sword? He didn't I, want to pay for it. I don't know. He killed the guy who made it and left his young child to like bleed to death. Why didn't you take the sword, you There's another one for you to Pot be. device. <laughs> All right, before we continue with the peanut gallery, let's have a few quick words from our good friend, Stefan the Model. Oh, thank you. It's so good being back in the studio. The studio that's totally not just a random room in your house with dog lying beside it. No, Hello. Not. It is me, Stefan the model. Uh, I, would, I would appreciate it if you didn't talk over me over there. Anyway, I am here to give you... Hey, put that finger down. <laughs> I am here to give you fashion tips from the movie The Princess Bride. And you think I give you fashion tip of bride? No, I give you fashion tip of the most model outfit in all the movie. And that is the outfit on the man in black. And what can I say? It is a man in black. He has black mask that covers stormy eyes. Little bandana that gives him that Zorro look without hat. So not copyright infringement. And then you, of course, have long black clothes covering part of chest, but exposing just enough so you portray the same lunging look that young boy Atreyu showed in Neverending Story. Oh, there I went, combining episodes. Check out that episode, it is marvelous. Oh, you could say that it is marvelous. So for today's tip, today's tip is black is back, baby. The man in black, that is, not Johnny Cash. I'm talking about the Dread Pirate Roberts. All right, that is all from your friend, Stefan, the model. I'll see you all next time. Oh, thanks, Stefan. Always appreciate you coming in. Do you have anything to say about him, E? No, I have not a lot to say about Stefan. Okay, well then, what do you say we just hop back into the peanut gallery? We did forget to mention, even before Wesley and Inigo fight, when Vincini is telling Inigo that he needs to kill him, he keeps saying, inconceivable, and Inigo points out everything, everybody, <laughs> everybody's thoughts of, why do you keep using that phrase? I don't think it means what you think it means. Which is perfect timing, because even this time watching the movie, I was like, think ah i see what you did there mm -hmm. but so much head trauma yeah this movie is well we need as, a counter i feel like that's the theme of all of our movies head so trauma far, is head trauma they were all were they all made all made no spider-man was after the 80s i was gonna say before we really got into oh, concussion yeah. research and uh the movies we went and saw in theaters i think were made before the 80s <laughs> well none of them really had head trauma those ones? Yeah. Rocket Man really didn't have head trauma. We just had drug abuse. We know all well, about that. Well, he had head trauma in the sense of his mental abuse. No. I'm saying that poor Buttercup gets knocked unconscious. Strike one. Mm -hmm. And then Wesley decides, the Dread Pirate Robert decides not to kill Indigo because he respects him, so he whaps him on the head. Mm -hmm. Two. So we're up to two. Make your little editing. Ding, 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 ding. Or like two. <laughs> two. A lot of head trauma. Which leads us to um, when Andre, I mean Fezix, and him have their fight. 
That ends in more head trauma because Wesley puts him in a sleeper hold. That's where I feel like Andre the Giant looked his true side. When they have those close-ups of the actor who plays Wesley on Andre the Giant's back, it's like Andre's skull is as big as his shoulders. Mm-hmm. You know what? The brain is just not given the respect that it's due. It's not because he gets knocked down conscious. That's what, three now? Mm-hmm. Our, we should have somebody from, like, concussion research. Right. <laughs> Hawkins injury prevention or whatever. <laughs> I wouldn't get anybody from Hawkins. That usually doesn't end well. <laughs> Wear your helmets, kids. But Humperdinck and the Count Reuben were chasing after Buttercup at this point, trying to save them from her kidnappers here. And Humperdinck is on the path, and he's walking around the sword fight set and he figures out the whole mighty duel and you were saying how you were impressed by that or you just didn't believe the fact that he could figure that whole thing out in that time i still don't believe it sorry and the count the six-fingered man is played by christopher guest who is from spinal tab have you ever seen spinal tab i haven't oh well next movie yeah it's really <laughs> not confused. next movie but Oh, we'll yeah, I get a pick next. Oh, I get a pick next. Ooh. Yeah, ooh. But no, that was one of those things you wrote it down. I was like, what does Spinal Tap have to do with that? Mm-hmm. I was going to just put Stonehenge, but I felt like you weren't going to get it even more. I probably would have gotten Stonehenge over that because <laughs> everybody knows that scene. <laughs> but I, but when Wesley finally meets me, Shutting down does not come. My iOS update didn't go well last night. When Wesley finally meets up with them, you know, Buttercup has a knife and she's blindfolded and she's just Wait, chilling. she's got a knife? She's got a knife! No, this is a knife. Fezzik, no, who's, I never know. Vizzini. Vizzini has his knife. But I noticed this time the spread he's laid out. Yeah. They find, first of all, they find, let's, let's back this choo-choo train up. To nitpick and poke holes. Back pew, in the station. Please put a train sound in. Man, our Foley work is strong. <laughs> so first things first, I'm the realist, and they find the perfect boulder bench. Have you noticed that? It's a picnic bench. Mm-hmm. There's like a boulder, and then there's one for Vicini, there's one for Buttercup, and there's one for Wesley. Well, Those are big boulders. You cannot tell me that little squatty dude in the princess who's tied to her wrist and can't do anything except boss people around until she's dead inside put the stones there well you were in ireland just as i was here and and there was never a perfect an arrangement like that because the stone what are you talking about there were was... stones everywhere yeah but there wasn't a stone that was like flat and perfect which fine i'll give you a pass on the stones i'll let you have your stone Thanks. but then he has a spread he has two tablecloths down because he's fancy as <laughs> goblets he has a wine bottle he has cheese he has bread he has silverware he's crudite he has this gorgeous spread sitting out waiting for the dread pirate roberts where was he holding that all All of that you know where he was holding it all there was a scene that they cut out of him just releasing his bowels and pulling all these things out of his butt i was gonna say you had him lugging an extra bag around and like at that point when he's you know putting the spread out buttercup just chills yep i don't know the whole scene is inconceivable i'm gonna just move on (laughs) with my life 
Did you think how it was super clever how Wesley does end up outsmarting the Sicilian with the Iocane powder? Which, Iocane powder? Cocaine. Cocaine. <laughs> you know, that was another thing. As a kid, for some reason, I don't know if it's because of pixie sticks or what, but I was like, I really want some Iocane powder. They say it very clearly that it's poisonous, but for some reason as a kid, I was like, I need to get me my hands on some Iocane powder. I wonder, though... I remember at that point when Vicini is trying to, like, think his way out of the goblets. First of all, for all of our Australian listeners out there, we're with you because he was so... Racist. Is that the word we're going for? Yeah. Yeah. And that will not stand. It will not stand. He was racist against Australians because he said they're all criminals. We love you, all of our Australian friends. I know. Nicole Kidman is fabulous. Especially in Big Little Lies. Go check it out. But I remember the first, like, the first time I ever saw it, even to now, I just want him to die, which I guess is the point. But I guess, you know, of course, the um, the whole thing is Wesley put the, the Iocane powder in both, so he built up this immune to the poison. When does, like, who sits down and thinks, geez, I should probably develop an immunity to this poison? That is a BA move. Like, who is cooler than a dude who gets himself exposed to a poison just in case he comes up across this specific scenario here. Very specific scenario. Well, he ends up outsmarting Vicini, and then he gets his hands on Buttercup. And Buttercup is very hesitant on going with this guy and starts giving him a tough time, as she should. She, like, should be doing this the whole time. Well, yes, because she was kidnapped. Now she's being kidnapped again, and there's a man in a mask, which I... (laughs) He's not in, like, a very, like, you can't see me mask. I mean, he's pretty much exposed. And I get you haven't seen him in five years, but you're telling me you didn't recognize him? She talks about his eyes, and you can see his eyes, and it's like you still didn't recognize him? Well, maybe she didn't recognize him because he was a (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Could you uh, please say that a little bit louder? (laughs) He was a Seriously, he was a horrid, horrid person to her. He did not need to be that mean. He was so mean to her. It was all a setup, I think, here. He was being mean to her because he wanted to test her to see if she was who she truly was Why could you have to be mean to her, though? Yeah. To tell her that the promise of a woman means nothing? <laughs> Excuse put up me? His, put up his pimp slapping hand. He was gonna backhand him. You gotta be kidding me please stop cursing (laughs) please every time you curse that's 10 minutes of the editing (laughs) (laughs) that is not right he lifts his hand up to striker and says something about in the places where i come women are punished for talking or something what backcountry bull is this of a man spewing He could have just spoke to her and respected her instead of demeaning, degrading, and threatening violence against her? Um, this is probably going to come up again in our fight segment. (laughs) This is, uh... He didn't need to be that mean. I'm not saying that I think women should be put down. His actions are not excusable. I just think he was going for an approach. Might not be totally forgivable, but I understand where he's coming from with this. Waterboarding (laughs) is an approach. (laughs) <laughs> Which, they that comes up that. later in the movie. They ain't allowed to do that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. 
Mm-mm, Geneva can mention... So she finally grows the pear and pushes him down the hill, and then he says, as you wish. <laughs> Which is great. As a kid, me and my siblings and... My siblings and I. We would throw ourselves down hills yelling that line. Explains so much. I remember there would be like the slightest of hills, so we'd really have to shove ourselves down going, as you wish. It's not nearly as dramatic going down those hills. Why didn't she just like boot scoot down the hill and she tossed herself well, down the hill? Well, she literally boot scooted. <laughs> when she comes down, <laughs> so she like does some good spinning. She's like, oh, 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 like. Her smacks, which, did you know that's actually a stunt double? And oh, it's a guy, Another yeah. time I paused it. I think I was watching it with you when I paused it, and it's a dude. Yeah. In that costume here. But they make it to the bottom of the hill. And then, of course, they start kissing. And I made the joke that the, the little boy was like, ew, and he skips ahead. And I was like, and that's when he rips her shirt off, and she feels his throbbing member. The good stuff! <laughs> So for the kids out there listening, a throbbing member is... And then they go to the fire swamp. <laughs> so he brings her into the fire swamp, swamp, uh, the fire swamp to avoid Humperdinck, who is hot on their tail. And as they're going through the fire swamp, you were saying how Buttercup is not very aware of her surroundings. But she's clueless. Right. Wesley's probably, the one who's doing most of the talking, too. Which probably explains why she didn't catch on that that was her love. But Wesley's going on about his story being the Prince... Uh, Dread Prince Pirate Roberts. Dread Pirate Roberts. And which, that's a movie I want to see. Right. I want to see all the different versions of the Dread Pirate Roberts. I, I don't want to see a Princess Bride sequel. I, I would just like to see prequel. a prequel of the, the Dread Pirate Robert years. The Dread Pirate Roberts's? Roberts's years. Roberts's is just... Many, many, Dread Pride Robertsons. We'll let the producers out there decide yes. that. But no, she's clueless. She gets, she almost gets, she gets burned once, and I give her once, mm -hmm. but then twice. No, three times. Three he times. Had to, he had to pick her up and scoot her aside three times. Oh, I'm just a helpless girl. I, I do like how nonchalantly it. he ends up doing it later on, though, where he's just carrying on a conversation and, he just and he's just like, do do do, over here, poof. <laughs> <laughs> And then she falls into the quicksand, mm -hmm. which is, it was so alarming. Oh, that scared me. Another thing I did as a kid during that scene, when she went into the sand, I would start holding my breath and... But she, but she, she didn't know she was going under, so she didn't have a good enough breath. She didn't what if gasp. she was ex... Yeah, but... <gasps> well, the scientist I was as a child, I even put that into consideration. I also put into consideration the weight of the sand would be on my chest. So I used to like hug pillows. I used to not like take a deep breath before I go in. And I found that I was able to do it. Head trauma. <laughs> Brain death. <laughs> Explains uh, why my, what are we doing again? Yes, exactly. And then Wesley does his perfect dive and rescues her. Who am I? <laughs> um, <laughs> and they come out after the R.O.U.S. just strolls on by and is like, oh, Road sucks to be them. unusual size yeah. for our listeners who have not watched the movie as 485 million times like you have. I love the line, R.O.U.S.'s, Brones of Unusual Size. I don't think they exist. <laughs> it jumps. Which, again, Wesley is on his, flat on his back and the R.U.S. is attacking him. That's rodent unusual size. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> okay, gotcha. I was like, what did I leave off? And Buttercup just stands there like, oh, no. Do something, woman. 
worthless. Worthless. She, yeah, she really, like, she pokes it with a stick when it's coming at her. her. Right. But she could have, scene could have been ended. Roll credits. I was hoping he would just yell out something like, could use a little help here. I know. Listen, Buttercup. All right. Build me up, Buttercup. Let's go. (laughs) And then he roasts it alive. Yeah. I felt so bad for it. Although it was disgusting and it was trying to eat our heroes, I was still really sad. And when it was making its final groans, did you notice it groaned along with the music? It was like, You have watched this movie entirely (laughs) too many times. I have. All right. Before we carry on outside of the Swamp of Sadness and carry on through this journey of Princess Bride. Swamp of Sadness? Swamp of Sadness. (laughs) You know what? Head trauma. (laughs) Like, why didn't Artex, like, pick himself up and actually do something? Maybe don't be sad for once. (laughs) Sorry, listen to our last podcast if you want to hear more on that. I'm still a little upset. Anyway, let's uh, let's take a little break here and hear a word from our sponsor. We'll be back. Wearing a piece of jewelry handcrafted by the artist Bridget is like wearing a piece of the universe. Each of these handcrafted, one-of-a-kind pieces captured the splendor of the galaxy. And the galaxy is always in fashion. Uniquely made through a process called petri dish resin, a chemical reaction during the process creates an explosion of vibrant colors that dazzle and swirl in each pendant. Pendants start at only $8, and you are able to customize your look by choosing the color of the necklace cord, making your piece from Designs by Bridget truly one of a kind. Head on over to Designs by Bridget all one word designs by b-r-i-g-i-t-t on etsy or follow her at designs underscore by underscore bridget on instagram to see these beautiful pieces of wearable artwork and great news your first purchase of a designs by bridget creation is 10 percent off when you use the code 10 off that is one zero o f f at checkout Don't wait. Head on over to Designs by Bridget, that's all one word, on Etsy and find a piece of the heavens for you to take home. You will be so model. Okay, so what I want to know is how did Humperdinck and his goons know that Wesley and Buttercup were coming out of the woods at the exact same spot? And how do they not hear horses? Like, There's don't a you... sign um, that says exit from the Swamp of Sadness or... <laughs> the Pit of Despair. The Pit of Despair. <laughs> no. <laughs> Those are all wrong. <laughs> what is it? The, the, fire, the fire Swamp. swamp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Bog of Eternal Stench. <laughs> um, so they make it out of the Bog of Eternal Stench. <laughs> And there's a sign right there that With says, a giant this is where you leave the, yes, the, natural. the fire swamp. But then, you know, he, they're surrounded and Wesley's like, I will fight you all. Blah, 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 blah. And no, he doesn't. He says, surrender. And Wesley says to him, you wish to surrender to me? Very well, I accept. Oh, that's right. You're going to be the one that actually knows what's going on. Right. Because you have memorized this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, Buttercup actually decides to do something. So she sacrifices... Obviously, the only thing a woman can do, which is her virtue by getting married. 
Oh, Although we I don't guess. know if her virtue's intact because Grandpa skipped the juicy part. Yeah, he did. The line that he says to Wesley, I swear it will be done. And then he turns to the Count and says, <gasps> throw him into the pit of despair. Right? The two of them should have been like, what was that? I know, again, like, is there some weird other dimensional time loop thing with sound? Like, are they in a sound bubble? Because clearly Wesley and Buttercup didn't hear the horses. And then they didn't hear them say that they were going to kill Wesley instead of returning him to his ship. The so. acoustics are really bad in that forest. That's just totally a movie thing, though, that when characters say things and they whisper them, even though they're like a couple feet away from each other and you would in real life be able to hear, hear them. that. It's just understood. Or the like, other the other paradox is somebody walks 20 feet into the shot like, I heard what you said. <laughs> False. I overheard you from two miles away. And then Wesley gets another set of head trauma. So where's that put us on our counter? I don't know. See, Three? One, four? two. This is the third. God, this third one is of head trauma in this really, movie. is this giving, we're going to have to look back at Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Who's thrown head trauma to the wind? This is a good one, though. He gives him a good whack. whack. <laughs> he just backs out, which the actor actually got hit on the head. Cariels, he got hit on the head so bad, they actually had to take him to the hospital. So the um, producers were concerned about head trauma. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Not the fictitious story. But can I just say when they get to the pit of despair, the, ab- the albino, oh, he just creeps me out. The pit of despair. Don't even think. <coughs> Don't even think about trying to escape. I think if you quote too much of the movie, we're going to get flagged for copyright. Oh, that's true. <laughs> but he just Don't even think about trying had, to like, get the, out of here. Yeah, the little uh, uh, like bird poop on. on the side moving of his on. mouth. Moving on. <laughs> Hope none of you are eating this. Also, this. his first aid tactic is just Dab. like dabbing a rag on Dab Wesley. Dab on him. Oh, but. No, that died four years ago. There's the uh, little machine, the contraption the Count puts on him here, which apparently just milks him to death. It looks like they just had funnels on him. Yeah, but then you go back to um, Buttercup. And she's supposed to be marrying the prince now. And you find out. She'd finally actually be a prince's bride. Hello? Mm-hmm. What's this? The king died? And suddenly <laughs> Humperdinck is king? He's, and they he, married? He, and... he choked on the gum he was chewing in his first scene. <laughs> Gosh darn it. I told you to stop chewing that gum, Jerry. I don't... It was his end. But they are at the um, post-wedding ceremony where Humperdinck is announcing him as the bride. Announcing him as the bride? (laughs) Is announcing Buttercup as the bride. Yeah, he married himself. And there's that lady that yells, Boo! Boo! Yeah, she freaked me out as a kid here, but you pointed out that her um, eyebrows... They bothered me! There's so much in this movie that bothered me as a child. They were so fleek that they were (laughs) riding off of her face. They should get a taken flight with that. She freaked me out, but then you find out that it was a swerve because the king's alive. Thank God. I know all of you who were worried there. I know, he's a pivotal character. Right? And you find out that they're not married, so there's still time. Thank God. (sighs) And the little boy who's listening to the story, that his grandpa's telling the story, he was all concerned about this. He was freaking out about it. And when the grandpa points out that this was all just a dream, 
he says to his grandpa, see, I told you he, she wouldn't marry that stupid Humberdink. And he says, yes, you're very smart. Now shut up. I know. He's a sassy little <laughs> I just like, I think he's like, don't make me smack you. Yeah, he, that's who should be getting the, the hand raised to him. Don't give me no sass, kid. <laughs> I'm Columbo. Also, in the dream, Humberdink says my fa- father's final words to me are, love her as I love her. What? What? Okay, let's break this down. Hey, we don't know what the king was doing. The That's prince why he was tweaking is there. saying his father, Humperdinck's dad, is telling his son to love his daughter-in-law the same way the father loves the daughter-in-law? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So are you supposed to love your wife as a daughter-in-law? Or is the father loving the daughter-in-law as a wife? Yes. Also, and I'm really disappointed because then you find out the whole Humperdinck had planned the kidnapping and he wanted to start a war, so now he has to kill his bride on the wedding night. Oh, I'm going to add that to my schedule. I wasn't planning on it. When he goes through that plot and him and uh, the six-fingered man are (laughs) going into the pit of despair, they're having that casual conversation. You said the sexual tension between (laughs) them was so real. (laughs) But I want to know, what did they see in the game for? Would you like to come down to me? Would you like to come down with me into the pit? That is a sexual innuendo if I ever heard one. Right. They had to find the knob. The yeah. right knob. Now where is that knob? Oh, a little to the left. Mm. Tyrone, <laughs> you know I'm too busy for that. <laughs> this time. Get the gimp. I mean albino. I do like how he's just like, I The have, triple X version of Princess Bride. Right? I have a, a war to start, my wife to murder, and Gilda to blame for it. I'm swamped. <gasps> what does he have to stand from the war, though? I, you know, they don't really explain that. I'm sure in the book there's more to explain. Little, like exposition subplot. Yeah. And he tells her that he's going to send his four fastest ships to go find Wesley. And if they can find Wesley, then oh, they yeah, won't get married. Oh, yeah, because she's going to commit suicide. Not, please consider him an alternate to suicide. Yeah, because yeah, you go can't have your bride killed before you kill her. That just kind of like right, negates the. Whoopsies. Right. What, what was? What would he do then? Also, what's a brute squad? Um, I don't know, but Fezzik's on it. Right? Because <laughs> they decided they had to like form a brute squad. Yeah. Which clearly there's an understanding in this realm of what a brute squad is. It's like, oh, what do I do? I have to go out into the thieves' forest and like get rid of the thieves, but they're not going to listen to me, so you might as well get a brute squad. Oh, why didn't I think of that? A brute squad, hey! Right. To explain this brute squad, if you haven't seen the movie, that's what Humperdinck makes to clear out the thieves' forest because he wants to make this whole charade of, I want to keep her as safe as can be, even though he's planning to murder her on their wedding night. But that's where we found an ego. Inigo, whatever you want to call him. Inigo, Inigo girls. He's sitting there drunk as can be because Fessini told him to go back to the beginning. So yeah. <laughs> this is where I am. This is where I will stay. I will not be moved. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you get the audiobook version of The Princess Bride. There is a guy who is about to take Inigo away, toss him into the bandwagon, and he tells a brute to come out. And here the brute is... Fessick! Fezzik, solo me, it's you, through. And then he head traumas that guy. Another head trauma. <laughs> Bada bing, number four, is that? No. Somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And he nurses Anigo back to health by feeding him soup and waterboarding him. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. That escalated quickly. And he tells Anigo, 
who the count is and he explains that he's a six-fingered man and explains to him all that he's missed and basically catches him up he and ego's uh an ego see fezzik is the true hero of this movie so then humperdinck is mad that buttercup yeah buttercup figures out right. that he was lying and starts calling him nasty oh, yeah. names and he doesn't take that i would not say such things if i were you and he locks her in the room and then he gets over to the knob i mean the pit of despair yeah <laughs> he gets Ooh, over to the pit of despair in a jiffy and he launches the machine up to 50 and the six-fingered man yells very... out not to 50 it is a very um, eco-friendly one because it runs on water. Yeah. It's hydraulic. Yeah, if you're going to have an evil um, life-sucking machine, please. Thank you, Thank Green. Green. <laughs> and so as he's sapping out the life of Wesley there, Wesley lets out the scream that apparently released all the demons inside of him <laughs> because the scream he makes is something like this. <clears throat> no, don't scream. Oh, it- oh you Nonetheless, Wesley yells pretty loud. Anigo hears him, and they, him and Fezzik, go running after him because they want to find him because they think he's the only person they'll be able to come up with a plan because they lost uh, their plan guy. So they find themselves in the forest above the pit of despair, and they're looking for him. And they use the so- he uses the sword to guide him. He uses the soul of his dead father in the sword. I know. What if he him? like accidentally swinging a miss and? Stab, yeah, Fezzik. Right. (laughs) But luckily he found it, and they get down to Wesley, who is, to them, he appears dead. They take him to Miracle Max, who is played by Billy Crystal, and he explains to him that he is mostly dead. And after a very comical scene, he... um, he puts what looks like a very weird candy in his mouth that always creeped me out. Yeah. It was like a cross between a meatball and a chocolate. It is a meatball chocolate. Yeah. But Can that's... we make chocolate meatballs? You could. How would we make chocolate meatballs? That'd be delicious. Mm. The um, That whole scene, though, yeah. with Billy Crystal, mm-hmm. a fun little fact is the director, Rob Reiner, he... Oh, <laughs> <poor> <laughs> been a rough day for our dog. Right. <laughs> um rob reiner he couldn't stay on the set he had to leave because that whole scene he was kept giggling whenever billy crystal would say thing and billy crystal of course who was a big comedian especially in the 80s and 90s he improvised a little bit and during that scene he was making the director laugh so much he had to leave the set <laughs> and they had to go directorless here because he couldn't stop giggling and they would pick it up on the audio so that scene is wonderful and it ends with the classic bye bye boys have fun storming the castle i didn't know i had to say a line yeah, i wasn't prepared say, i say, wasn't you think it'll work it'll take a miracle bye-bye <laughs> miracle max and valerie his wife valerie Liar! Liar! get back witch i'm not a witch i'm your wife i'm and serious after you said that i'm not even sure if i want to be that anymore you never had it so good True love. He said true love, Max. Not another word, Valerie. 
<laughs> We're gonna get sued. We are gonna get Stop sued. Stop quoting the movie. That's okay. We're under the um, blanket of uh, the fair use rules, I think, because that was a parody of it. Hmm. Parody? We'll say. Sure. So after they say bye bye and tell them to go have fun storming the castle, which is something that my family to this day says to each other whenever we say farewell, because. Mm-hmm. We're weird, mm-hmm. but I love it. Mm-hmm. We go to the castle wall, and they are going to wake up Wesley. They gave Wesley the pill, and he wakes the up. The chocolate meatball. The chocolate meatball. And they come up with the plan. Mm-hmm. And their plan is to set Fezzik on fire. Which, seriously, <laughs> poor Fezzik. Right? Fezzik, who apparently, according to uh, Inigo Montoya, like finally does something right at the end of the movie. He's much he's sacrificed himself because yeah. you cannot tell me they have oh i just have a giant fireproof robe yeah have you trained in fire stunts will this do and he just pulls out that robe from his shirt. i've been carrying this around i almost got rid of it <laughs> what a happy coincidence but then the marriage happens oh my goodness maybe that's either a poll or a fight like what is quoted more my name is Indigo Mandora, prepare to die, or Mawage. Mawage is what brings us together. I mean, let's be honest. Today. Every groomsman that was dying for a toast has pulled the Mawage card right. out of their <laughs> A dream within We're not going to pull it out of our butts right now, ladies and gentlemen. So, the priest who, in the credits, what was he known as? <laughs> the impressive clergyman. Yeah. He is impressive. He's wedding them, but as he's wedding them, Wesley, Inigo, and Fezzik light Fezzik's on storm fire. Storm the castle, yes. yeah, light Fezzik on fire, but storm the castle, and they end up getting in there, and that kind of stops the wedding. However, he ends up finishing it by saying "man and wife," <laughs> right? Well, he didn't. Wait After he me. says the name Bahaka, <laughs> and who will follow you forever. <laughs> All right, all right. And this is where Fezzik steps it up. The unsung hero of the Princess Bride. It should have just been a giant silhouette of Andre the Giant on the cover. Mm-hmm. Because he oh, does. I forgot. There's another pointer for our head trauma counter. We forgot to mention when he thumped the albino and he didn't mean to drug him so hard. Oh, yeah. And he thumps the albino. Talk about another time. Another I, one. You know what? I guess that was a mess up here. But well, it was still a trauma. Mm-hmm. Head still trauma. Still a trauma. But they make it into that hallway where... He's dragging Wesley. He is so dragging Wesley along. Clearly he's being very helpful doing things right. <laughs> and Wesley, I love how Wesley, who's being dragged along, happens to have a sword in his hand. <laughs> he's going to be super useful. <laughs> Just throw me over there. But that's when Inigo Montoya comes into clash with a six-fingered man. Dun-dun-dun! See, honestly... I think the side characters have better plots than the marriage. Right? Seriously. I think so, too. That is such a classic movie scene right there. Him, well, him saying the hello, the whole thing, but Mm. the scene when he is pointing the sword at the Count, and the Count points it at him, and then Hot Tails and runs out of there. (laughs) (laughs) And he chases after him. And then Fezzik had to go save the day and bust down the door. And mm-hmm. just, I just love how he smacks the door down because the count got away. And, you know, and he goes like, he's getting away. Help me, help me, help me. And he just bashes the door and like just gestures like, Yeah, well, I love that gesture he does. Like, off you go. <laughs> yeah, I got other things to do. It's not all about you and your revenge. Anigo catches up to 
the six-fingered man. And he throws a knife at him. And I remember thinking... Or the six-fingered man throws yeah, a knife at him. Yeah, at And it gets buried in his gut. And I was like, that's it. We're done. He's dead. Like, technically speaking, that would be a mortal wound, especially in those days. Oh, if you 100%. put a knife in someone's gut... It's not like that knife was clean. Mm-mm. And then he stabs him, like, in the shoulders. First of all, why didn't he just go straight for the heart? Six-finger man. He did go straight for the heart. Didn't you see Inigo's sword add it to the side? Oh. That's why he stabbed him in each arm. He like He's so cool about it, too. Well, he's not cool. He's mostly dead. And he's just <laughs> like casually knocking his sword to either side. Oh. But Inigo regains mm. the strength by saying the line over Fueled and over Fueled by again. hatred and rage. See, they say hate and rage doesn't do anything for you. Why mm-hmm. are you holding my hand? I don't know. I was going to say the line. <laughs> Is a line? I was, all I was these romantic, be about it. All these romantic lines, and you're going to tell me the one about killing me? You can't tell me that if I stare deep into your eyes, Let's this try. doesn't turn you on. Ready? <laughs> Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Oh, my. <laughs> you might want to hit pause. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. Woo! All right, we're back. <laughs> Do you think Oberlin from Game of Thrones is a playoff of this character? Because not 100%. only does he sound just the, like him. The, the double D's rip that off. Yeah. they. Or was that in the book? Well, that's in the book. The whole he's wanting revenge on, for killing his his sister and her children. They keep saying it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. He says the same line over and over Very again. similar characters. Mm-hmm. Suave. I know Inigo Montoya says he's from Spain, but maybe he's actually from Dorne. Mm. Side plot. But then, of course, he finally, you know, I what did I say? Revenge is the best band-aid. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs stitches when you have rage? So he's able to defeat the six-finger man. Roll yeah. credits. Just ask Batman. Then we go back to Wesley and Buttercup. Buttercup had ran back to her room. No, she's getting escorted. Oh, she was getting escorted mm-hmm. by the king. And that's when the king says to her, or after she kisses the king, he On says, what was that for? And she says to him, like, oh, you're the I only one who's dead. been nice to me, and I'm going to go kill myself now, and I just want to thank you for being nice. And just like in total dude fashion, he just looks at her and says, won't that be nice? Yes. And he's more excited. He's pointing out to his wife, she kissed me, which... Furthers the uh, explanation that you were bringing up about the final words of the father that said, love her as I loved her. Creepy. Mm-hmm. Creepy. creepy. But hey, it's okay. She's in love with those eyebrows. But she goes back to her room about to kill herself. But luckily, Wesley Yeah, she, she pulls in. out the knife and she's gonna... First of all, you know it's really hard to like stab your heart. You got some intercostals, you got muscle, you got cartilage. And you can't tell me the girl could barely walk without killing herself in the fire swamp. But she decides that she's gonna stab herself through the heart with the knife. Honey, very take poetic, a walk though. down the stairs. Very poetic and very fancy driven. But don't worry. Wesley happens to be in the back of the room, and he points out to her, it'd be, it'd be a shame to ru- ruin a perfectly good set of breasts. But more importantly, again, again, with the sneaky, vindictive Wesley. Yeah, Couldn't he have was... just said anything? Maybe he was taking a quick little nap, and that's when no. he had to wake up. No, bull. This relationship is doomed. You couldn't have said anything. You should have talked. You should have spoke up, Wesley. You should have spoke up. It's much funnier if he held it just a little bit. I know. I mean, I get, like, from the story. But she runs over. She starts kissing him. And he, at this point, he can't move since he was brought back from being mostly dead. 
he's been having trouble moving his body, but he's been slowly getting little things back, which should make him happy as Fezzik points him out, but he isn't too happy about, you just wiggled your finger, that's wonderful. <laughs> but he still can't move his body, and as she's kissing him, she doesn't understand why he's not holding her, and he says, gently, my love. And she's like, that's the only thing you can say in this moment, gently. And then she picks up his head. He's like, gently. She drops it. Uh, that... I wonder if everything on him couldn't move. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> that's what happened next. Gently. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't bend that way. But their uh, reunion was shortly lived because Humperdinck stormed in. With his blush. And he he's like, all right, I'm going to finish this. And he says, to the death. But Wesley says, no, to the pain. Oh, yes. And he talks about that vindictive, I'm going to cut your hands and your feet and your eyes and your nose. I'm going to leave your ears so everybody could, like, scream at you. And you'll just be, like, a stump without, like, anything. But that's what's great about it. He goes through this big, long thing. And Humperdinck's response is, I think you're bluffing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well. It's possible. Humperdinck is, like, Nah, this guy can't move. He can't do any of these things. I still but then put that in. the power of love drives him to stand up. Mm-hmm. And he says Drop another... Drop your sword. Yes, the epic line. Drop your sword. They end up stopping Humperdinck. Mm-hmm. Buttercup ties him up. They she finally does something. She does something. She ties him up. And Ego gets there. They're like, oh, we got to get out of here. And luckily, Fezzik... Apparently, finally does something he right. Finds four beautiful white horses. You know how rare it is for white horses, and you're just wow. telling Humperdinck had four. Actually, he would have four because he's fabulous. Yes, Humperdinck is fabulous, but he's so cute standing outside that window. And kind of like a little side segue here, um, Fezzik, who is played by Andre the Giant. A sad fact about him is this was later in his life. Fezzik, yeah. or uh, Andre the Giant ended up dying um, a couple of years. Pretty soon after, but he was really beaten up. He had put off a lot of surgeries and taking care of his health because being in the wrestling and business and being known for his size, he was worried that if he did, if he took time off that he wouldn't heal, he would lose his positions within companies. So he was in such pain that they said that the director was speaking about, you know, I was worried about the acting and they said, actually, Andre was amazing in acting. It was the actual wrestling and the fighting. Yeah, the scene where him and Wesley are fighting amongst the rocks. He when struggled. Wesley jumps on his back, I guess he struggled really bad with that mm-hmm. um, because that weight um, of just him on his much. back was just a lot. So on his when back. he catches Buttercup, they have her on wires because he couldn't hold, he couldn't catch her. Right. Oh. It's so sad. And. He, of course, because of his size, too, he couldn't get up on the horse. And we watched that one documentary. The documentary that said he was drunk and they were lowering him down on a horse with wires. And the director was saying in this documentary how he was like, that was a moment where I was like, I can't believe this is what my I job. do. This is my job. I look around and there's this drunken giant looking down at me going, hello, boss. <laughs> Waving in the night sky. What a majestic scene. But, again, unsung hero. Sing it for Fezzik because he did so much right in this movie. Yeah. Including getting an escape route. Andre the Giant is the best. Well, that 
brings us pretty much to the end of the movie. They have their final kiss, and they have what we can assume is horse, horse sex. sex. <laughs> well, he said it's the most passionate kiss ever, which I didn't really think it looked that passionate, but maybe that's because it's the PG version of it. Mm. My grandpa was like, and skip, 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 takes it out, do that to Mrs. later tonight. Mm-hmm. Need horses. <laughs> Need horses. <laughs> he gets to say the last line to his grandson, uh, Columbo there. He gets to say that as you wish to him, which is awesome. And then it cuts into the credits where it's playing the song, The Storybook Love by Mark Knopfler. Oh, that song. That's a good song here. I just love Mark Knopfler in general. But that's our movie. Um, Ooh, that's a good poll question. What? What's the better 80s movie song? Never Ending Story or The Princess Bride? Good question. There's so many good 80s movies songs out there. Mm-hmm. But who knows? That might be coming to a Twitter poll near you. Do, 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 do. So that's pretty much the movie here. Yeah. Well, what do you say? Should we should we slip on something more fight-worthy? Violent. Violent? <laughs> should we slip into our unitards? Get my knee pads. Yeah. Before we hop into the I hate it when they fight segment, let's go over some of our responses from our followers on Twitter and Instagram, shall we? Yes. So some of the questions I asked about the movie, The NeverEnding Story, I asked, what is your favorite scene from The NeverEnding Story? Ooh, which one won that? Um, It was just, I got some random responses Mm -hmm. here. There was uh, one person, uh, The Unexpected Storm said, when Bastion cries out the window and saves Fantasia, when he yells, Moonshine! Which is a great scene. Let's see. We also had, who is your favorite character in The NeverEnding Story? We responses such as Falcor and the Racing Snail. The Racing Snail. Who is your favorite one. character? Probably Falcor. Falcor? Yeah. I would say Rockbiter. He's so cute. His little top rock wiggling around uh, there. That just kind of bothered me. One of the other questions we had was, what would be your ride when going on a quest? Probably Falcor. Yeah, the options I had was the stupid bat, Falcor the luck dragon, Artax the sad horse, and then the racing snail. So who do you think won? Probably Falcor. Actually, the responses were 100% people voted for Falcor. I don't think the sad bat got its due. The sad bat? Yeah. It was a stupid bat. A stupid bat. I mean, you could be dumb, but dumb things get done. One of the last ones we'll go over before we get to fighting here mm-hmm. i asked would you sing the never-ending story proudly in front of friends so i did a poll on twitter and i gave them the option to either say no i'm a mature adult or say reach the stars and fly a fantasy well we know where you fall on that one <laughs> can't stop me the responses was 25 percent of people said no, and the other 75% started singing along with me. So <laughs> nice. you people rock. All right. So the last poll to go over is our I Hate It When They Fight poll. All right. And who won so this let's one? Go over the responses here. Let me tally it up here. Okay. The winner of last week's I Hate It When They Fight challenge was. Is... With 100% of the vote, oh, you people stick. Yes. The winner is E. Whoop, whoop. That is right, because I want, because everybody knows Artax 
dying in the swamp of sadness is the saddest, most depressing scene. Okay, apparently none of you did what I asked and looked up the video of the They don't have to because they it's don't have to. If you've so seen sad. if you've seen the movie once, that image of the horse dying is burned into your brain. So you are once again the winner. Mm, and the mm, retainer mm, of mm, the mm, I'm always mm, right mm, belt. Always right. Always. Right. Don't go bogarting my song. My song's for winners. Don't go breaking my heart. I could if I tried. On to our so for this episode of I Hate It When They Fight, our question will be, is Wesley's cruelty justified? Or, also stated <laughs> by you as, was that necessary, Wesley? I <laughs> uh, don't think it was. So the question is, was Wesley's treatment of Buttercup justified when he was... Acting as the Dread Pirates Robert. Mm -hmm, before he rolled down the hill yelling, as you wish. Mm -hmm. Okay, so right. I will start. 30 seconds on the clock. I'll get 30 seconds. On your mark, get set, go. That's what makes Wesley's character romantic, is he is the Dread Pirate Roberts and Wesley, but he was gone for all those years, and he comes back to chase after Buttercup to find her. But when he finds her, he finds out that he was engaged to be wed to another man so he needed to make sure that she still loved him so he wanted to engage and get out of her her thoughts on wesley before he revealed himself Ooh, i had a little time to spare too mm. all right my 30 seconds okay ready and go so my stance is it was not necessary wesley yes i understand you come back after five years and your love is betrothed to another man but did you have to be so nasty and cruel he raised a hand to back slap her like he was gonna smack her he told her that a promise of a woman is worth nothing i'm really thinking that if he's saying these things even though he's pretending there's some underlying rage and mess Oh, there's under it's me he didn't, didn't know <laughs> i would say you might have wasted your last four I think seconds <laughs> i did i didn't know what to say hey I that's okay stuck. that's okay there's nothing you need to say well, i said he was mean. i would win i said he was mean all right two minutes on the clock so mm -hmm. let's get it on he didn't have to be that cruel though he didn't necessarily her have heart to be that was cruel, breaking but his of saying all that was in order to engage like gauge to see how she stood and he him. couldn't just do that by simply having a conversation he had to threaten to backhand her he wasn't going to hit he her. raised a hand to hit her that's still threatening violence maybe that was built up from all the years where she just told him to do stuff that doesn't justify like, it he could have asked her the promise from a woman is worth nothing how degrading can he be did he have to like just degrade her to the point where he left her a, like a poor sniveling husk of a woman but she stayed strong through that argument here which proved to him that she was still her he it was still the woman that he loved so he persisted and kept up with the fight here 
and he five years had gone by and he right. couldn't have shown some sympathy towards her oh he had sympathy towards her and he did this in order to see if she was the same person that i she don't was think he had he to be so mean but that I think he, he could have just spoke to her she was already afraid of him she already thought he was a pirate yeah so he was acting as the pirate in order to interrogate her and go through these questions here. Maybe well, not his the nicest plan way in the world. almost backfired. His plan almost worked. backfired because she tried to kill him. So what if she had a good enough, what if it wasn't a hill and if it was a cliff, there was a cliff insanities, he would have been dead. So victo facto, his plan would have sucked. But it would have proved to him, oh, she loves me so much that he, she would push a guy off a cliff that And then he died. His final thought was, ah, oh, gee, true. she loves me. As you so he, he's lucky he didn't hit his head on the way down. I was hoping to say that until the end of the argument, but we are nope. out of time. <laughs> Ugh. All right. Okay, so I get 10 seconds. So you get a 10-second rebuttal mm -hmm. to say the last piece of your argument. All right. Ready? Right. Yep. And go. Well, you didn't hit the timer, so I'm going to start oh. talking already. You know what? You catch more flies with honey than you do vinegar or whatever that stupid saying is. I don't think he needed to threaten to hit her and degrade her as much as he did. He could have asked nicely. All right. That was 15 seconds. All right. <laughs> it was not. It was like 10 seconds and some change. Okay. All right. On your mark, get set. Five seconds. As you You seriously wish. are using your five minutes. You can't talk during my five seconds. <laughs> you weren't talking. You were quoting a line. <laughs> How rude. Oh, but that makes total All sense right. for this movie. We will leave it up to the people to decide. Wesley, was it worth it? Was that necessary? Was so, not necessary. You can all vote on Instagram at slash what should we watch podcast. Or you can vote on Twitter at WSW Watch Podcast. Nailed it! So check out our poll that we have going up there and let us know if you thought Wesley was just too cruel or do you think it was justified what he did in treating her as the Dread Pirate Roberts. Please let us know what I said was right! Woo! Alright, towed off after that segment there. Mm -hmm. We're now going to be jumping into the Were You Paying Attention segment. But before we start, let's go over the winner from last week's question that we offered from the NeverEnding Story. The question was, how far did Falcor fly with an unconscious Atreyu astride him? What? <laughs> the answer given to us by Waxing Nostalgic was 9,891 miles. So, way you to go. You can do math. Yeah. <laughs> way to go, Waxing Nostalgic. So, if you have not already followed them on Twitter, please do. They look like it's a uh, group on Twitter that they uh, want to get people together to talk about movies, television, pop culture in general, and general nostalgia. They actually showed me that they just recently put up a post on The NeverEnding Story, and they put up some other posts on other nostalgic films and things so check out waxing nostalgia if that is your thing i know i am i keep checking in with them to see anything new that's posted on their site so thank you for answering our question and if you would like a shout out on our podcast which we know you do answer a question on this week's 
Well, answer it correctly. Yes, answer it correctly. We only like correct answers That's here. right. We will accept one winner on Instagram and one winner on Twitter here. No failures. So there wasn't anybody who answered on Instagram. So our Insta crew, please step up your game. Because um, Twitter crew has got it going on. <laughs> All right. So now for our segment, where are you paying attention? But before we start, cue the music. Oh, this is going to be the worst. I'm going to just fail. Can we just do all the buzzer sounds Every right now? Every single question. It's going to be like, what is, was? What is this quote? Or it's going to be like, what color was the walls in the scene where she walked by? I actually did fill out a Princess Pride quiz once that said, what was the color of her, her dress in this specific scene? And I got it wrong. I was a little disappointed in myself. All right, so questions for you. Ugh, okay, go easy on me. Question number one. I had cable growing up. <laughs> what was the name of the Dread Pirate Roberts before Wesley? Gary? No, close. Adam? Mm-mm. Steve? <laughs> no. I don't know. His name was Ryan. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fail. What is the very first line it's of the, the movie? cough. It is the cough. He coughs. <coughs> you got it. <laughs> I was about to say, unless you do it, you ain't getting it right. <laughs> Alright, so you are one for two. One for two? One for one. One for two. You got one right, one wrong. So one for two. One for one. No wait. <laughs> Alright, that's another one wrong. <laughs> one for three. <laughs> Okay, next question. Oh, no. What is the name of the boy who was played by Fred Savage in the movie? He has a name? Fred Savage, child actor. The grandson? Yeah, the grandson. Yeah, maybe that's his name. What was his name? <laughs> Sam! No. No. <laughs> John Boy. <laughs> John Boy. Is that like a mix between the outsiders? I don't know. <laughs> what his name is i didn't know he had a name that's right <laughs> ah it was a trick question he doesn't have a name he doesn't have a name ah, i was right he's just uh labeled in the credits as the grandson <gasps> i said grandson well he's labeled in the credit but i asked him what his name was trick question <gasps> i said grandson but you you also got i'll, I'll say you got it right because you said he didn't have a name. <sighs> you kind of said he didn't have a name. you just wait all right i love this question i'm so sorry for this one <laughs> <laughs> what was not another profession of one of the actors slash actresses? Sorry, let me start that over. My mouth is a gate. What is not a profession that one of the actors or actresses had before or after filming this film? What? Was it A, a dentist, B, an opera singer, C, a professional wrestler, or D, a composer? So which one was not So correct? which one was not a profession one of the actors or actresses had before or after this film? What are they again? A, a dentist, B, an opera singer, C, a professional wrestler, or D, a composer? Composer. Incorrect. <laughs> Your eyes. <laughs> want to try again? No, I don't want to try again. <laughs> you sure you don't want to try again? Dentist. Well, no, dentist is right. Somebody was a dentist. Somebody was a dentist? Okay. Nobody was a dentist. You want to take a guess? 
Nobody was an opera singer? No, Mandy Patinkin sings. Yeah. I don't know. So the answer is A, a dentist. Nobody was a dentist as far as I know. Watch, somebody was a dentist and I actually didn't do my research good enough here. But Mandy Patinkin, as you said, he was an opera singer. And Andre the Giant, of course, was the professional wrestler. And Christopher Guest was a composer because he did the music for... Tonight I'm gonna rock you. Tonight I'm gonna rock you. Tonight I'm gonna rock you. Tonight I'm gonna rock you tonight. As well as some of his other movies. I don't know what that one was. This is Spinal Tap. Okay, can you just ask me another question so I can get it wrong quicker? <laughs> okay. Next question. I don't like being wrong. <laughs> what is the country Vicini brings Buttercup to? It starts with a G. Yeah. <laughs> Gilead. So close. Gillard? Can I have some help? What's something you say to somebody when they say something and you're like... Oh, what is something you say to somebody when they say (laughs) something? something you say to somebody? That made sense. Instead of saying, duh, what's another way of saying, duh? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you all heard that sigh. I don't know. That's not a good hint. All right. The answer is Gilder. Where is the duh? Dur. Gilder. I was going to say Gilder. Oh, somebody stop the door. Give me another. All right. So the music in this movie was done by Mark Knopfler. What band was Mark Knopfler? This isn't about the movie. This is not fair. What band was Mark Knopfler, the writer of the song Storybook Love, a part of? This is not about the movie I watched. I told you this before. I don't listen. (laughs) This is entitled by our segment. Uh, The answer is Dire Straits. Okay, that's not fair. I was just paying attention to the movie, which clearly... Let's be transparent as transparent as you can be on a podcast i fell asleep i was tired i took a quick little cat nap i fell asleep during one of our movies too i feel like i did you fall asleep all the time yeah but that's not fair that's that's information that i have to know outside all right next question next question what does anigo forget to list among their assets in the first place the giant I don't understand the when question. When they're up on the wall and Anigo explains to Wesley their lists of assets when he asks for them, things that they have to storm the castle. This is like a What maze. is not amongst the list? The giant of... cloak? You know what? I'm going to give it to you because I didn't think about it. That's true too. Okay, yay! But in response to what Wesley said, it was the wheelbarrow. <laughs> When Wesley says, why didn't you list that among our assets in the first place? They were talking about the wheelbarrow, but he did pull out the cloak. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'll give it to you. Uh-huh. All right. What does Miracle Max and his wife Valerie put on the pill to help it go down easier? This is a part I fell asleep. <laughs> well, you, what did you say the pill looked like? Chocolate. Yeah, chocolate. Yay! <laughs> well done. All right, so you might not know the answer to this because you said this is the part you fell asleep, but what does MLT stand for? Mutton, lettuce, tomato, sandwich. Yeah, you got it. You wrote a note. I wrote it. It was on our notes. Oh, it was? Nice. Yep, I'll take it. 
Okay. Take it and run with it. Take it around there. All right. Last question. How long has Inigo been in the revenge line of work? He was 11 when he got stabbed. 20 years. 20 years is correct. Woo! Back hey, from the dead. You I got was... the last one right. That should count for something. I was mostly dead. Mostly dead. All right, well, as we wrap up our podcast, put whatever nice, neat little bow we can muster on it. Tell me, Kay, how do you rate this movie? I would have to say that this movie is as real as the feelings I feel. Nice. (laughs) Nice, yeah. And how about you? What would you say? I would rate this movie as undersold on the power of a gentle giant. Oh, that's kind of sweet. I know. In general, if you haven't seen this movie yet, you've got to. It is a classic, mm-hmm. another great 80s film, as many of the movies that we will do are. But this movie has been really big to me, as I said. And in general, like, would you say you do really like this movie too? Or do you think it doesn't hold up to all the praise that everybody no, who I, loves it gives it? I think it does hold up. I think it is a very good, sweet classic. I mean, our job is to have something to talk about and poke holes into it, so. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you all for joining us here. I'm sorry this was a bit of a longer episode here. Our next Mm -hmm. one should be shorter again. Depends on what movie I This movie had just so much that had to be said. I had to quote most of it. This episode is probably as long as its runtime. (laughs) We could have cut it down if we didn't quote half the movie. If we get sued and you're over here from us again... That's true. Lame K. But please join us throughout the week on Facebook or Instagram at What Should We Watch Podcast. Or you can join us on Twitter at WSW Watch Podcast and fill out our polls, follow our tweets, and check out our other episodes. We are on Apple Podcast, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, I found out we're on Podcoin. I have no idea what What's that a pod is. Coin? I don't know. Um, but we will find out later. So please check out our other episodes and leave this episode a nice rating on iTunes, please. But before we go, E, do you want to pick a movie for us? Yes, and I'm going to slide us out of the 80s. We've been in the 80s for so long. We've been in the 80s for so long, but I'm going to piggyback off of Princess Bride in a way, making a connection. So I like it. this week coming up, is the princess diaries no <laughs> close the wrestler oh yeah have you seen that movie i have not watched the whole thing <gasps> i love that movie it's so it. good it's such a good movie but with that being said we should probably figure out if we have access to it we so should. yes we're gonna watch the wrestler next all right so join us next time on what should we watch with k and e I'm Kay. I'm Stilly. And we will see you all next time or talk to you all next time. Because we can't really hear you, so bye. Wait, this is the perfect ending. Bye-bye, boys. No, I'm not doing the line. We're going to get sued. (laughs) Have fun storming the castle. If you think it'll work, it'll take a miracle. (gasps) Bye-bye. Somebody help me.